Hi, good evening, and welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight we're going to talk about God's marvelous creation. God's marvelous creation. It always, <clears throat> it always amazes me that there are there's so much variety in things in the world. Mm-hmm. That God made sunrises and sunsets just so absolutely gorgeous. Not necessary. No. But gorgeous. Yes, and every single one of them is different. Mm-hmm. And also it's different from where you are. Like, mm-hmm. we're on the same time zone as our daughter who's in Montana, but when she sees the sunset tomorrow night, and if we saw it, it would look different. I mean, it might be the same sunset, but it's a different sunset. And. And, you know, God didn't have to do all the different colors and the different variety in the world uh, in one way. But in another way, I've realized he did because one of the, you know, most famous verses, and I'm sure you already have this verse up too, Romans one twenty. For since mm-hmm. the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. So I think really it reveals him more for us to see all the color and all the variety and the differences and how creative he is. And one other thing, because I know I'm just chatting away, and Mm -hmm. the first way we learn about God in the Bible is as creator. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. So I think... The very first verb in the Bible is created. Yes, I think that mm-hmm. creation, creativity, God, Father God, Jesus, Spirit as creator holds a special place in God, in God's sight because it's something he does all the time and we're invited to take part in it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm always amazed. I, I guess... Coming from a rural background, growing up on a farm, um, being out in in the natural world as much as I was, it was just it was an automatic for me to accept that there was a creator that God created things. It might be harder for someone who grew up surrounded by concrete all their life, I guess, and and urban light pollution where they can't look up at the sky or anything like that. I just got a couple of I got a couple of examples of God's creation here that oh, I want to bring yeah, up. Go ahead. Um, some of the some of the things that is just it's amazing. It doesn't have to be that way, but it is. You know, God created um, in uh, in Genesis when God created day and night mm-hmm. and put light in the sky for both of them. Right. right. Um, the moon or the sun is four hundred times larger than the moon. Wow. And the sun is also 400 times more distant than the moon. And yet to the human eye on the earth, they're both the same size. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely an amazing thing. And don't tell me that's a coincidence. No other place in the galaxy that we know of is like that. Um, In addition, another one I I really like is the fact that um, just in our galaxy alone, we believe now that there are over a billion stars. Mm-hmm. Over one billion stars in our galaxy. And Psalm 147.4 says, He determines the number of the stars. He gives to them all of their names. So God has God names. named a billion stars. Plus, it's just in our galaxy. Right. God just, he, from, the, from the largest thing to the smallest thing, it's just absolutely amazing. 
could you imagine we go to heaven and I, we say, hey, Jesus, what's the name of all the stars? We have eternally, eternal time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so God could show us, he could list every name of every single star and he'd be excited about it. Well, why'd you name that star that? And there's probably reasons, you know. I named that one because of this or whatever. I, well, I that's just, an amazing thing. Since the beginning of mankind, humans have looked to the sky. Mm-hmm. We well, have looked so up to see the stars. Yeah. We have, and, and everyone that was visible to the naked eye was named. And then we got more technology. So we there was farther ones out and farther ones out. And we have never, ever gotten to the point where we know it all. Right, even God has created stuff that as we peel back the layers, there's deeper, deeper, deeper layers. And it's like the Bible. Right. You can read the Bible and you read it over and over again and get new things out of it every time. God's creation is the same way. We are constantly moving through new things. The interesting thing, too, is you, you said we look up and go farther and farther. But also, when we go tinier and tinier the other way, we learn more and more about quarks and about quantum physics and about you know they learn first about cells and then that the cells have parts and then the parts have parts and it keeps going tinier and tinier and tinier yes and then we see uh, we, we got see to the god in the we, tiny we and mapped the dna genome and we thought oh we'd have it all figured out we we already realized there is no way we can mm. figure that out even with the mapping of it and things like that and it is helpful and it helps in medicine and there are things that come from that and i personally it's my personal belief that the wisdom of those things also comes from god he reveals those things just as as he created those things he also reveals them to the people that are looking whether they're believers or not Mm -hmm. i think god does god reveals things as he as he chooses but there are so many things in just in the human body alone if we just look at the human body alone there are so many individual things that have to work for life to exist. Mm-hmm. So many tiny little things. And we are still discovering things about the human body. There is not a doctor in the world that knows everything. They also say that we have not gone all the way down to the very depths of the oceans. Oh, we have never seen... Yeah, there are the so many parts. undiscovered parts of our own planet, let alone the galaxy. And they say also the rainforest. There's parts that someone has never been in. And, and there are there are species on this earth that we have not seen yet, we've not classified yet. There are so many things. Um, scientists, this is an interesting one about the human body. Scientists discovered that, that blood vessels are mm-hmm. not tubes. Oh, what Like a they? water pipe or anything like yeah. that. They're helical. Which means they're twisty. There's, there's, a, oh. there's a helix shape to it. And the reason for that corkscrewing shape inside that blood vessel is it takes pressure and turbulence and different changes in pressure a lot better than a tube would. Wow. We are, and that's something that for the longest time people just put it as, well, it's, it's like a garden hose. No, yeah. it's not. Because inside it is built to withstand blood pressure. It's like curly hair. Kind like of. It's, ringlets. It's, yeah, it's... it's built that way so that it flows a lot more smoothly, especially when it comes to a junction. Mm-hmm. Because if blood pressure suddenly spiked and it hit one of these T-intersections, it would blow it open. So all the but pictures. because of that constant... Well, the pictures we see we see normally in a biology book or something like that are not... Are not right. Are not, well, they're not 
they're not to scale, and they're not, you know, we're not going to see the closeness of it from a distance. It mm. may look like that. You, mm, true. And that, if you did a, an autopsy, you wouldn't see it. Oh. You have to go farther than that. Oh, like under microscope. Yes, it's microscopic. Oh, I see. We just okay. continue to we continue to understand the human body a little bit better and a little bit better, but in our own vanity as humans, we have a tendency to think we can control everything or we can do everything. And there is nothing that a man has ever made that's as complex as the human body. No. I have a verse, mm-hmm. Proverbs 8, 30 and 31, and this is talking about, Proverbs 8 is about wisdom and personifying wisdom, but that's who the I is, but mm-hmm. I think we can put ourselves in there. Then I was beside him, God, as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, Rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons and daughters of men. And I think we can have that same role. We can be beside God as he creates, and we can take a part in it. He wants us to take part in his creation. We're all made, we're made in his image, and we're called to be creators in some, some sense. You know, everyone has different things that they can hmm. use their creative spirit for. And I, I think when you can find something you enjoy doing, using that creative spirit... That's the kind of thing you can lose yourself and you can actually live in eternal time. You, you, it's like a timeless moment. I think that's mm-hmm. how we live in eternity when we create. Does that I, make sense? I agree with you there. I, I think, and I think that um, every, everyone who is an artist of any kind, whether it's a musician, a painter, a sculptor, uh, a blacksmith, anybody who makes things and and creates things from their from their own imagination from their own mind, they do that. Um, one of the things I saw recently that I think is just absolutely gorgeous, and uh, it's a it's an artist. A knife one? No, it's an artist in um, England, and he makes the dandelion fairies. Oh yeah, yeah. Out yeah. of wire. Oh yeah. Wire sculpting. Yeah. And they are just absolutely amazing to look at. And you can go online, and he'll explain exactly how he does it so you can do mm-hmm. it yourself. Oh, cool. He shows you exactly how to make the aperture and, and how to do this and how to make fingers and how to make toes and all those things. And I look at something like that, and it's just absolutely phenomenal to see it. And watch the man break it down makes it even even more interesting. But I think anybody who is creative like that, like you say, you can get lost in the creation well, process. something else I'm thinking of. And I think... I think that's something that kind of can draw you closer to God, too, mm-hmm. is it, during that creation, creative process. It does for me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of our son-in-law, Robert, who he loves to work on his truck or trucks, diesel trucks. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a creativity to that kind of thing, too, because you have to look at things. You have to understand it. And it's just like anything um, when you can get beyond just technical and you can kind of go with the flow of something, you're really in the artistic kind of side. And, like, our son-in-law loves doing that. He can spend hours doing that. And I think he has an eye for it, you know, because he wants to have an eye for it. And so he's learned. And uh, I think that's what it is, that we need to find the art of things. Not just technical aspect, but it's like with the gardening. Because mm-hmm. I've learned to... I love weeding. I love maintaining the garden. And so if, if you want a garden, you need to learn to love maintaining it with the weeding. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. it gets to be a big pain. But I enjoy doing that. But it's a, it's 
when you look at things not so much by rules, but by how things feel, not feel, but flow, mm-hmm. uh, you flow with God's spirit. I mean, that sounds probably all. No, but it's true. And I think, you know, growing up, again, growing up on a farm, um, the plants were amazing, but the animals were even more so to me. Mm-hmm. And the, the miracle of birth, I don't care what kind of animal it is, when you can see an animal or a human take its very first breath, yeah. there is something about babies mm-hmm. of all ages, of all mm-hmm. sizes, of all species. There's something there that is just absolutely precious. And when you hold your child in your hands for the very first time, or you hold a grandchild for the very first time in your hands, you are just in awe of God's creation. And, you know, the, the, the theories of evolution and all the other things that come together, in my opinion, are just laughable because somebody's trying to op- oversimplify God's creation into something that they can put into a box. And God is way beyond that, you know. Um, it's just Psalm 139, 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully mm-hmm. made. And marvelous are thy works and that, that my soul knoweth right well. It is amazing all the things that are out there. And if you take it from a from that perspective, if you look at it as God's creation, look at the variety He gave us. Yeah. It was not necessary. We could have one plant on the earth that did all the photosynthesis, created mm-hmm. the oxygen, that, that recycled the carbon dioxide, put out the oxygen. You have one plant that did that. Yeah. But He made a whole bunch of them so we could be amazed by His creation. But I think that that too goes back to the variety of the plant life shows mm-hmm. God's creativity. Mm-hmm. But I want to digress a little bit because okay. this, but it goes along with that, the variety thing. And right now we're, we're recording this when all these riots are going because of George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. And, and that was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And there's racial tension. And I, I think we miss the boat so much because God was the one who created different shades of skin and the different varieties of how people look, mm-hmm. short, tall, skinny, wide. I mean, there's so many varieties of how people are created. And I think when we characterize ourselves into this versus this or whatever, I think we have so missed it because we're all, God loves all of us and and, and he made us with different colors of skin because he loves the different colors. And and I think we're so much, we're a lot more similar than we are different. We are because we have one creator. It all goes back to that. You know, every, every, every human being drawing breath on this earth is a child of God. Everyone is a creation of the creator's hands. And when we try and categorize things and simplify things and, and put them into into a card catalog where we can say this person is is X and this person is Y and this person is Z, I, I think we're damaging God's that's not what God wanted. God's creation there simply by saying that it's not as important because there's, we can separate them. And God says, no, you're all important to me, have no seen, matter what. Have you seen one of those, you know, look up images on Google mm. or whatever and I've seen 
there's there's one or there's probably several like this, but they they have like a dozen people's arms. You know, people put their all arms mm-hmm. together, and the the arms are all different shades of of skin color, and from the palest to the darkest. And the interesting thing is, really, when you put them all together, we're all kind of like a shade of brown, like tan or very mm-hmm. pale. We're a lot more similar, I mean, than, mm-hmm. than different. And, oh, I, I wish... The amount of melanin in your skin is is something that, you know, I am naturally covered with freckles. Yeah. But if my freckles all connected, I'd have a completely different skin color. Right. And it's just the similarity is there. Uh, the things that we have in common are so uh, are so. There are so many more things in common than we have of different. And the differences we are man made, and the similarities are God made. I think. And the interesting thing. Okay, someone would say they'd see me. I'm a middle aged white woman, but I'm looking at my my skin right now, and I think there's African Americans that are probably lighter than me at times right now the way I am I have a tan and 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 it's so it's just so strange that yeah. we're and focused on that but I, and that's I, that's not where God wants us to focus no we and shouldn't be looking for differences no we're all that's, made that's in God's not, image no we look for similarities and I will say and not because we all descended from the same monkey somewhere but because our creator we were created in the image of God and that is every human being was created in the image and of God and we're all related we're all related. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Six people got off a boat once. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say, um, uh, 30, four chapters in Job are some of my favorite chapters in the Bible, mm-hmm. starting in chapter 38 through 41. So mm-hmm. I don't know how many chapters of those are. But those these are the ones that God, is, in this Bible, it says God confronts Job. And through, so if you have never read Job or... I would recommend just skip all the way to Job 38 and read 38 through to the end of the book, which is 42, because hmm. it's talking about all these things that God has created and, and asking Job, were you there when this happened? And I I just want to read it. I'm just going to pick some. You just pick okay. a few out of there because okay. I've got another one from a place in Job that you're not at. So. Okay. And God says this to Job in um, 38. And have you ever ordered morning, get up, told dawn, get to work, so you could seize earth like a blanket and shake out the wicked like cockroaches, as the sun brings everything to light, brings out all the colors and shapes, the cover of darkness to snatch from the wicked, they're caught in, caught in the very act. Have you ever gotten to the true bottom of things, explored the labyrinthine caves of deep ocean? No one's done that yet, all the way to the bottom. I'll finish that little mm-hmm. section. Do you know the first thing about death? Do you have one clue regarding death's dark mysteries? And do you have any idea how large this earth is? Speak up if you have even the beginning of an answer. Mm. There's, it, you go on and on. There's, but go ahead. I'm going to go from Job 12, okay, uh, verses 7 through 10. But ask the beasts and they will tell you. Oh, I love that The part. birds of the heavens and they will tell you. Or the bushes of the earth and they will teach you. And the, or the, and the fish in the sea will declare to you, Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. I saw a really neat Facebook video I got someone put up today, and it was talking about all this um, commotion that's going on about racial differences. 
and it was a, a pastor, and he he put a whole bunch of different colored balloons up. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's a big row of balloons, and they're all slightly different shapes, different sizes, but they're all just regular balloons, and they're all different colors. And he said, isn't it amazing when you look at all these different balloons? And he said, you can come through and say, well, that one's a red one, and that's a that one's a brown one, and that's a black one, and that's a white one, if you want to. He said, but that doesn't diminish the fact that they're all balloons. Mm-hmm. And he said, the commonalities that they have is the fact that I blew them up. Mm-hmm. Every one of those balloons holds my breath. Mm-hmm. Just like God breathed breath into each and every one of us, no matter what the outside looks like, it's there. Mm-hmm. And then he went along and he just popped one color and he said, doesn't that look so much different with the gaps in there now that we're, we took a color out of it? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what color you take out. It's going to change things. Yeah. God put variety there for a reason yeah. because he wanted to. And that's all the reason I need to have is that God wanted that wanted it that way. If God wanted it that way, who am I to say anything different? Yeah. And I don't why I don't know why people Well, I guess it's because we often judge from appearance and we get caught up in the details on the outside. And then can't get past them. I think we try and make sense out of things that, you know, when you see children together, they don't care. Right. They don't. They don't stop and categorize things. They they don't care. Mm-hmm. You put little kids together, and they can be all different colors, and they'll just have fun about it. Mm-hmm. And they just they just enjoy each other, and they don't look for anything because for them the world is still a wonderful place. Everything is a wonder. It not it cool? It's just a wonderful thing that things are different. They love that. They love that. And as we age, we start trying to make sense of everything and put things mm-hmm. into order and put things into categories. And when we do that, you know, I, 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 there was a quote I, I read once that has always stuck with me. In the beginning, God created man, and ever since then, man has tried to, to return the favor. Mm-hmm. We've tried to create God in mm-hmm. our own image, mm-hmm. and that's not—that's—that's yeah, that's that's not, not what it's going on here. Um, the best we can do, the best we could do right now, we think it's just amazing how cell phones and computers and all those things work. It's mm-hmm. Amazing things that man can do. You know, we got an international space station. We have all these things. Um, there's a quote here I got from Dr. Warner Gitt. He said, without a doubt, the most complex information processing system in existence is the human body. If we take all human information processes together, i.e. the conscious ones, like language, information control, deliberate, voluntary movements, and unconscious ones, information-controlled functions of the organs and the hormone system, this involved the processing of 10 to the 24th power bits daily. Mm. This astronomically high figure is higher by a factor of one million than the total human knowledge of all of all knowledge stored in all the world's libraries. That's amazing. Each human brain That's amazing. has a million times more processing capability than all, everything stored in every library on the earth. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I think... You know, right now, I, I don't have to think about my heartbeat. Right. I don't have to think about the mitochondria giving energy to my cells that are dividing at at a cellular level right now to keep me alive. Those things are happening without any of my conscious control or even my conscious thought. I can't stop them. I can't start them. 
Mm-hmm. God does all that. Mm-hmm. I um back to that thing where you said about Job twelve. The mm-hmm. listen to the beast, and the beast will teach you. Is mm-hmm. that? I I just read a poem uh, by Denise Levertov. She's a poem poet. I have discovered. I mean, she's been around a long time, but I'd never heard of her. And she has some beautiful poems. But she wrote a poem about Julian of Norwich. You know, Julian of Norwich, and she, she's the one who said, "All is well. All will be well." And she was a um, mm-hmm. anchoress, which is a a mm-hmm. nun yep. who was put into a wall and you know secluded herself. But anyway, doesn't matter. What she wrote. Denise Levertov wrote a poet poem about Julian Norwich, but the one thing she brought out, and I've re- I've got a book, the book that Julian of Norwich wrote, not the exact copy, of course, but a copy of it, and um, there's one part that Julian says the whole world is in a walnut, hmm. and why she says that is because it's basically if you just study just anything, but she she was thinking of a walnut in her hands if you take the time to really study anything in creation doesn't matter what it is if you continue to study it and study and study it you'll find god because uh the more we know about something if we're open to it the more it will point us to god and i um i want to uh, can i share those quote those things about nature mm-hmm Okay, so I, every, I, I think most people would agree that being out in nature makes them feel better. And so I looked, and there's this website from the University of Minnesota called Taking Charge of Your Health and Well-Being. And it says the benefits of nature, these are just a few, being in nature or even viewing scenes of nature reduces anger, fear, and stress and increases pleasant feelings. Exposure, exposure to nature contributes to your physical well-being, reducing blood pressure, heart rate, muscle tension, and the production of stress hormones. Even a simple plant in a room can have significant impact on stress and anxiety. Nature helps us cope with pain. We're genetically programmed to find trees, plants, water, and other nature elements engrossing. It also increases our ability to pay attention, helps us connect to each other and the world, is incredible and i so i think first if you're listening to this you should really try to get outside every day Mm -hmm. i mean just for a few minutes it makes a difference but i also think that this is why when we put our eyes on the creation instead of the creator with any any creation it can be a a human being or an animal or 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 nature when we put our eyes too much on the creation and take our eyes off the creator, that's how we end up worshiping people, animals, nature, whatever, because there's all sorts of people who worship nature, and they're, you know, they worship the stars well, rather than focusing. Short, yeah, it's short-sighted because, you know, the creator is, is so much, like you said, you know, the, like you said, and like it says uh, in Psalm 104, it says, uh, O Lord, how manifold are your works, and wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. It's just amazing, you know, all these things. Uh, Psalm 95 says, In his hand are the deep places of the earth. In his hand. 
The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Now, one of the things that some people have a challenge with when they look at, at creation and the things that are going on around us, I, I, I love the fact that insurance companies um, like oh. to take things and say, well, it's an act of God. Oh, if there's a tor- sure terrible thing like a tornado or a hurricane, um, then they don't have to insure you because it was an act of God. It wasn't caused by anything else. It's just an act of God. It's, I, I find that laughable because an act of God is everything that does exist. Yeah. And now, one of the things that people stumble over then is, what about decay? What about death? What about what about uh, global warming? What about all the things that are happening? Um, you know, the ice ages, all those things. How 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 does that fit with God's creation? Well, that's man doing that. We caused the fall. We brought the curse upon the earth. This is not the way God really intended it to be. We now are getting just a glimpse of what God's original creation was meant to right. be. The time will come when we will see it fully. But right now, we only get a glimpse of it. Isaiah 24 says, as it says, The earth dries up and withers, the world languishes and withers. The heavens languish together with the earth. The earth lies polluted under its inhabitants. For they have transgressed laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth dwindled, and few people are left. Basically, what he's saying here is, we brought everything down with us. God created us in his image, and instead of being creators, we became destroyers. Now, through through the... through God's incredible love for us, He wants to bring us back full circle and come back to what He originally created. But to do that, as a just God, He had to have a sacrifice. He had to have something to pay for that sin. He loved us so much, He sent His Son, and the the objective there was to bring us back to where He started us. Ooh, and I mm-hmm. there. So Romans eighteen, or not eighteen, Romans eight. Mm-hmm. This is where the salvation of people. Um, affects creation too so it says uh, for this is 819 and a little farther on for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God for the creation was subjected to futility you know by people not of its own will but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. So it's, uh, the creation is waiting for, for Jesus to come back and for, for us to be reborn as in with our eternal bodies and, and, and to be revealed as the sons of God. Yeah. And, and it says in the Bible that, the wor- That's all coming. Yeah, and the world yeah. knows that somehow. But can I, this is kind of funny, because sure. I think God um, has a sense of humor, and maybe that's how, why he makes some of us the way he does. I don't know. But <laughs> this is funny, and this will probably make you laugh funny. This is in Job 39, one of the chapters I told you to read, if you want to read about creation. The ostrich flaps her wings futilely. All those beautiful feathers, useless she lays her eggs on the hard ground, leaves them there in the dirt, exposed to the weather. 
not caring that they might get stepped on and cracked or trampled by some wild animal. She is negligent with her young, as if they weren't even hers. She cares nothing about anything. She wasn't created very smart, that's for sure. Wasn't given her share of good sense. But when she runs, oh, how she runs, laughing, leaving horse and rider in the dust. (laughs) I think that's funny because... You know, you go, why in the world did God make the ostrich the way he did? But when she runs, I just think God had fun, has fun with his creation. And I think there's some things where like, oh, that's so goofy. But, you know, I like the platypus, you know, or whatever. But I think God enjoys creating. And and I think he enjoys, obviously, he enjoys creating people. He's been, he does it all the time, every single day, over and over and over. And I think he just, it's fun for him to make people unique, each one of us. And I think, uh, I guess it goes back to this, these riots and all, well, whatever. We do such a disservice to people, to human dignity, and to God himself when we can't appreciate all the differences, too. You know, I, like, I love your freckles. And I love, uh, I love seeing a, a book I was reading I'm reading right now. There's all different kinds of people in it, and they're talking about there's uh, some men who had really dark, dark skin. They they had skin that was so black that it was almost blue. And I know people are that dark, and then there's people that are so pale, they're almost translucent. And I just think it's amazing um, that even just in humans, we have such variety. One of the things that, we're doing this year for the second year now we're trying again is jane has gotten bees she got fascinated with bees she and honey bees hawken were she and hawk she reads to hawken every day she has his entire life and they pick things and she got into bees a couple years ago and she got this thing about bees well last year didn't work out very well for us so we're trying it again this year but in that process jane mentioned to me once that dandelions are the first flowers to feed the bees. Mm-hmm. And I had never really thought a whole lot about dandelions, but dandelions have been in my mind all this spring, and I think about that. People go out and try and kill off dandelions and all these other things in their yards, and I just absolutely love seeing them. I love seeing dandelions everywhere, and I think about children again. Mm-hmm. The first time they can go out and play in the green grass and run around, and children grabbing handfuls of dandelions on mother's day the first Mm -hmm. spring holiday that they can and they grab handfuls of dandelions and you hold it up under your chin to see if you like butter (laughs) what is that about i don't i don't remember (laughs) i don't know where that ever started but i remember that yeah as a kid but dandelions to me are absolutely amazing do you know they're part of the sunflower family Mm -hmm. that would make sense but it's just amazing to me and, and, you know, everything on a dandelion is edible by humans. There's some, we treat them as, we treat that as, as a weed and, and want to keep it away from, from the beautiful lawns. But it's just amazing to me that what we think of as a weed is one of God's beautiful creations. And if you were to go out and pick a dandelion and run your fingers over it and feel the silkiness of the, of the petals on it, and the absolute beauty of that little tiny yellow flower. They're so happy. And then that little tiny yellow flower turns into a giant puffball full of seeds. Yeah. 
that you can make a wish and blow seeds and all those things. I think our approach to creation would be so much healthier for us as adults if we looked at it from a child's eyes. Yeah. Because a kid loves to blow dandelions. They yes. love to blow dandelions. Well, They're not worried fun. about them being in the yard. No. They think it's cool. They like to make little dandelion chains where they tie them all together. You know, we we buy flowers every year and we put flowers all over because we just love the beauty of it. Um, try and plant perennials and annuals every year and, and just, just try and add beauty to everything around us. And that's a natural human thing. Everyone does that. They try mm-hmm. and take their outdoors and make it as beautiful as they can and add different varieties and do those kind of things. Well, if you think about it, God's lawn, God's garden, Mm -hmm. is the entire earth. Mm -hmm. And he created all those different things. Think about the differences in the zones. I mean, we're in zone four. But think about plants that grow only in the tropics that couldn't grow here. Plants that we have here that couldn't grow in the tropics. Pine trees would never survive in the tropics. But I love our pine trees. Yeah. But and I love the, the tropical flowers and the tropical fruit and all that kind of stuff, too. But God made it all so amazingly different and so wonderfully varied. And I think when a child looks at something like that, they see with better eyes than we do. Mm-hmm. Because they don't put preconceived notions or ideas. And they don't want to have the knowledge of it. They just want to have the wonder of it. Mm, the wonder. And sometimes we need to step back. And just have the wonder of God's creation. Yeah. Whether it's a dandelion, or whether it's the person next to you, or whether it's a person you haven't met yet, we need to just take a deep breath and just be in awe of the wonder that God created. Oh, I guess we should go. Anyway. We could talk about this forever. Oh, we could. But you know what? Can I say one more thing about the dandelion thing? amazing. You know, we try to control things. Mm-hmm. That's why people put weed things. We want to control. We want things to look a certain way. But I think, like you said, if we just take the wonder of it all, it would just, I don't know. Mm. It's just so much better, I think. But anyway, thanks so for listening. And I guess My we're recommendation really, is just... Go enjoy the dandelions. Go outside, look <laughs> at God's creation, <clears throat> and just look at it in the wonder that it is. Understanding the wonder that it is. Yeah. You don't need to know why or how. Just understand the wonder that it is. Unless you want to. If you want to go into the why and how, look at the look at the wonder of the why and the how. Yeah. Too. But just take time to take a deep breath and realize that came from God. And everything your eyes see came from God. Thanks for listening. Well, God bless. See you later. Bye-bye.